0: Good evening everyone. We will continue this evening to discuss the Anuchetas of the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. Beginning with Anucheta 25, Bhagavan's attributes constitute his essential nature. So the sambanda here in this Anucheta, the word guna means qualities and we will see the use of the word guna in referring to the qualities of Bhagavan Shri Krishna in some of the evidences tonight, the Praman. and we also know that guna can be used in the context of the material nature in which case it delineates the modes of material nature, sattva, rajas and tamas. Additionally, Bhagavan is full of inherent transcendental qualities that do not undergo any mutation since material qualities are absent in him. So at this place in the Bhagavata Sandarbha, Jiva is bringing out the different qualities of the Supreme Lord. But because he's just explained the interaction between the Supreme Lord and his external energy, Maya, the material cosmos, he's making sure that we understand that in some of the Praman, we're going to hear this term Guna. He's already made clear to us in prior anachetas that Guna can be used in different contexts in the Shastra, and that we should make sure that we understand the context so that we properly understand the word's usage in any evidence that we may read or study or hear from the guru. So his first Praman tonight, his Praman is in support of this idea that Bhagavan has intrinsic qualities, uh, transcendental qualities, that are not coming from the material nature, that have nothing to do with the material nature. So it begins with a quote by Hams Avatar, answering a question of the four Kumaras. This is from the 11th canto. Hams Avatar says, all gunas such as equanimity and absence of attachment take shelter of me of course Ham's avatar is an avatar of the supreme lord who am free of the gunas seems like a contradiction but again it brings out the point Jiva is trying to make to us that here within the same sentence We have the use of the word guna in two different contexts. Take shelter of me who are free of the gunas, near guna, and indifferent to them, and who am the well-wisher of all, the most beloved self. These qualities are not of the gunas. Sridhar Swami comments on this in his Tika for the Srimad Bhagavatam. What kind of qualities are inherent in him those which are not of the gunas, a guna, the qualities that are inherent in the supreme, are qualities that are not of the material gunas. They are not transformations of the material gunas, but are eternal. Again, we can, can look at sattva. So we know that the sattva, the material world, there is also suta Pure goodness in the spiritual world. Now, the sattva in the material realm is never 100% pure. It's always going to have a little Rajas and a little Thomas. But Sudhasattva from the transcendental realm is pure without any admixture. Another Praman is from the Brahmatarka. The Brahmatarka is an interesting Shastra. In that we we know where it came from, we know it was quoted a lot by Madhvacharya, and we know Madhvacharya had a very supposedly an ex, an exceptional library, but it seems that a lot of those shastras that he had in his library are no longer available to us. So this falls into that category, but still it was quoted in enough places by madhvacharya that Jiva Goswami felt it was, it was relevant to the point he's making here in this Sandarbha, this Cheda, It goes to show that he accepts its validity, or he wouldn't quote it. So from the Brahmatarka, The Supreme Lord Hari is adored, guni, by qualities that belong to his essential nature. The qualities of Sri Vishnu and those of the eternally liberated beings are never distinct from them. And this particular verse shows that the word guni, to describe Bhagavan as one possessing attributes, confirming that they are part of his warup, they're part of his nature, these qualities. So most of these verses they use variations of the word guna, which means attribute or quality. And as I said, when it applies to material nature, we're referring to the qualities of Sattva Rajas and Thomas. The word Nirguna without qualities and saguna with attributes are used frequently by Advaitins, by the Advaita Vadis who consider Nirguna Brahma to be the true Absolute and Saguna Brahma to be a lesser manifestation of God within the illusory world of phenomena. So again, this point to see that the Advaitins and specifically the, the followers of Sankaracharya, their conception of the Supreme Absolute Truth is in its purest state, in its highest state, is Brahman. And it cannot have any qualities. It is Nirguna. And if it is Saguna, if we apply qualities to Brahman, then that is the supreme Brahman as seen in material nature, and it must have a Apati. And the Apati is either that of ignorance or knowledge. So when the upadi upon Brahman is that of ignorance, then we have the Jivatma. And when the upadi is that of goodness, then we have a manifestation of Brahman in the material realm. But it's not an absolute manifestation. It's a lesser manifestation of God it's used for a purpose by them in order to we look at it as the the Mayavadis they step on the head of the Supreme in order to attain their goal so even their conception of the Supreme within material nature they feel that the form can only be material so they don't see the supreme, this is the first thing that we need to understand. They don't see any manifestation of the supreme within material nature as having a spiritual form. So they think God can take a material form or manifest the material form when influenced by, by goodness or by what we would call knowledge. And... The jiva is influenced by ignorance. It's a material form, and it's simply a form that provides some facility for spiritual advancement for them. Now, in the Padma Purana, they also use this terminology of nirguna, of course. And when we see the term nirguna used In the Shastra, we can understand it as applying to devoid of the material qualities of goodness, passion, or ignorance. Not devoid of all qualities. He has natural qualities as stated in the Swetisvatara Upanishad, Parashya Saktir, Vividaiva shruyate." The Lord has variegated transcendental potencies naturally existing in him such as knowledge, will, and action. Thinking, feeling, willing. We'll Going on to the next Ano Number 26. So we've just covered that they're part of his essential nature, these qualities. Next Ano highlights the fact that they are eternal. His qualities are, are not only eternal, part of his swaroop but they are ever existing like he is. They do not come and go. It's not like one day Krishna is good and the next day he's has no goodness left. Not like ourselves within the material nature we can display some quality and then actually lose that quality. It can be covered over by another quality. Our ignorance could be covered by knowledge. Which would be a good thing. This is Mother Earth responding to an inquiry by Dharma. This is right at the beginning of uh, Kali Yuga, Dharma in the shape of a bull. And it's interesting, if we read Vishwanath's commentary on this section of the Bhagavatam, Vishwanath relays that this dialogue between Mother Earth and Dharma in the shape of a cow and a bull was truly a meditation that he had. That's his explanation. It was not a a physical manifestation of a bull and a cow, but it was actually a a meditation that he had. Uh, hmm? No, that uh, Pariksit Maharaj had, who overheard the conversation. So that's Vishwanath's take on it. Mother Earth says, O Venerable One, these and many other exalted qualities which are desired by those aspiring to greatness are eternal and never diminish in the Lord. Bhumi has just relayed to Dharma 39 transcendental qualities of the Supreme Lord. She's delineated them one after another. And then this is the concluding verse. Shridhar Swami says, The pronoun iti, these, refers to 39 qualities mentioned prior to this verse. Besides these, there are many other exalted qualities which are respecting brahmanas and offering shelter to devotees, which naturally and eternally exist in the Supreme Lord. They never diminish. Mother Earth here is... Krishna's left and she's feeling deprived of these natural qualities that are there And she was in touch with them more intimately than at any other time because, of course, Krishna was walking on her surface. So she was fully aware. And the point is made that even for Mother Earth, her beauty is not measured by her rivers and her mountains and her mines full of gemstones and minerals and her forests but how many saintly people reside on her surface that's really what she values as something of value and similarly a person's beauty is measured by their beautiful attributes not by bangles or rings or how much sandalwood is on their placed on their body but truly their qualities are what is of value The real ornament of the ear is not an earring, but one's learning. The hands appear beautiful not by donning golden bangles, but by giving in charity. The bodies of benevolent people are decorated not with sandalwood paste, but by the welfare they bestow on others. So when we talk about Krishna's qualities, Jiva Goswami lists uh, 85 qualities in his Krama, Sandarbha, Krama Sandarbha is his tikka on the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's also referred to as a Sandarbha. And in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Sri Goswami, he brings out sixty-four qualities. But these are only token mentions. You can't really mention all of the Supreme Lord's qualities. It's not possible but they give us some idea of some of the qualities, which are unlimited. Sri Brahma says, even for those highly qualified people who, given the time, might be able to count all the atoms of the earth, the snowflakes in the sky and the rays of the sun, who amongst them could possibly count your qualities. You who are the embodiment of all qualities and have descended to this earth, for the welfare of all mention is made here to let us further understand krishna and his qualities and how they they are inherent in him and they are permanent and they are his very nature so when we look to qualities like sweetness sweetness is the quality of sugar you will not find sugar that isn't sweet That is its quality. So when we talk of the Supreme Lord's qualities, they are his very self. They are his nature. They're his warup. And of course, time can have no influence. Proceeding to the next Anucheta. Anucheta 27. Bhagavan is transcendental to Maya. Again, pounding the post, uh, deepening the rod, Deepening our understanding by pulling these essential lessons out from various statements made in the Srimad Bhagavatam, primarily in the Bhagavatam, but other Puranas and some Upanishads and some Shastras we can't even get our hands on anymore that are accepted. The first Praman, Varuna prays to the Lord. My obeisance is unto you the supreme non-dual personal whole, Bhagavan, the Absolute Truth, Brahman, and the Supreme immanent Self, Paramatma. Maya, which orchestrates the creation of this world, has never been heard of within you. Jiva Goswami writes, No one has ever heard of Maya being present in Sri Krishna, whose essential nature manifests in the three aspects of Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. This means that the perception of him in any of these three manifestations is not possible through Maya. The reason is that Maya has the natural ability to orchestrate vikalpana, only the material affairs, through the acts of creating, maintaining, and annihilating the cosmos, Loka-shrishti. Second Praman, Maharaj Parikshit speaking, the mind that can be fixed on the gross material form of the Lord can also meditate upon the most subtle, self-effulgent transcendental Lord, Parabrahman, called Sri Vasudeva. Bhagavan is transcendental to Maya, so a doubt could be raised are the other two features, Brahman and Paramatma, also free from the influence of Maya? And the Praman that we just read by Varuna says yes. The verse from the Bhagavatam. Varuna explicitly says that the states of Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan are all free from the influence of Maya. Therefore, it's not possible to realize the Lord... And his attributes through the help of Maya. And we're also familiar with that verse Ata Shri Krishna Namadi Nabaved Graham Indriya. That the Indriyas, the material senses, cannot perceive the Supreme Absolute Truth. Now, the second Praman here is King Paritshet. Now, the King Parikshit, he's just met Sukadev Goswami and posed his first question. And it's interesting that Sukadeva Swami, at this at the very beginning of his responses to Maharaj Parikshit, he gauges the nature of his audience. You can tell that from the responses that he gives to Pariksit's question. Now Pariksit, he knows Parikshit's situated in devotional service. But the majority of the sages that gathered are yogis. So Sukadev Goswami, if you go back and read that section of the Bhagavatam where Sukadev begins his responses, he immediately starts by giving direction on how to meditate on the Virat Rupa, on the material cosmos as the supreme personality of Godhead, as the supreme. Now he will fully and comprehensively answer from the devotional viewpoint, as we see in the 10th canto. He gives us some glimpse into that most intimate realm of unalloyed devotion. But in the very beginning, he starts by saying, if you want to know the Supreme, what is the highest truth? Pritchett wants to know what what is the highest truth and what should I know at the moment of death? So he begins by saying, well, to know the absolute truth, you need to meditate. And you need to meditate on the Virat Rupa. His audience is mostly yogis. So he's saying meditate. And they're not that accomplished. Then he goes on in his explanation to say, then you can meditate. Once you have that meditation down, then you can conceive of the form of the Lord independent of the Vrat Rupa conception as the Lord in the heart. You can meditate on his form. He begins with this meditation. So that's what Pariksha is referring to here. The mind can be fixed on the gross form of the Lord. If you can fix it on the gross form of the Lord, then you can also meditate on that most subtle form, the self-effulgent transcendental Lord, Par Brahman or Sri Vasudeva. That's what Pariksit is referring to here, those first instructions of Sukadeva Goswami. Pariksit's comment is in the fifth canto that's being used as the praman here. Sometimes neophytes on the path of transcendence have difficulty fixing their mind on the transcendental form of the Lord. They are advised to meditate on the Virat form of the Lord and visualize the whole cosmos as his body. This Virat form is material and not the Lord's real form. It's an imposition on the mind of the material cosmos that allows us to begin to comprehend. I'm a yogi, I'm familiar with the universes, I know there's 14 divisions of planetary systems, these are situated on the different parts of the universal form of the lord which is the entire cosmic manifestation their experience is empiric sensual with the senses they perceive the universe this is the good place to start we begin our de- devotional practice according to to what we have some familiarity with and then we can progress accordingly So being the expert spiritual masters that Sukadeva Goswami was, this is where he began his discourse. Anucheta 28 Maya feels shy to appear before Bhagavan. This Anucheta deals with a a foolish conception that anyone and everybody can be the Supreme Lord. Such a person is certainly bewildered. So the first praman to bring this point home Is Brahma talking to Narada in the second canto. I offer my obeisances to the Supreme Lord, Vasudeva, upon whom I meditate. Due to his invincible maya, people call me the universal teacher, Jagat Guru. These less intelligent people are bewildered by her, who is too shy to stand in the path of the Lord's vision. And so they talk nonsense absorbed in thoughts of I and mine. Maya has as one of her potencies the ability to bewilder. Jiva Maya, Guna Maya, sometimes referred to as throwing of the Jiva into Maya and then cover, covering them over. This particular verse spoken by Brahma is interesting in that Narda is approaching Brahma as the supreme at this stage and as an example he's been bewildered in the highest personality that he has direct experience of is lord brahma his creator he came from brahma so he's looking on brahma as the supreme lord this happens we even see sometimes it happens with the sadhu. We saw it happen with our spiritual master at a point, some few disciples, leaders, sannyasis, looked upon Prabhupada and saw all the qualities that are listed there in the nectar of devotion and said, well, he has all these qualities and we've seen him do these fantastic, wonderful things He has mystic opulences. I think he's really God, playing like a guru. Prabhupada was not very pleased with that. They were immediately set on their ways, just as an example. Of course, they were rectified and came back. But yeah, they created a big. My first entry into Krishna consciousness. My first John (laughs) Mastamy. was in the middle of this whole thing now luckily for me i wasn't very plugged in, so uh, I knew something was going on and i i'd read Prabhupada's books. I was not bewildered by what was being said. I knew it was didn't fit with what i'd read in the book, so i didn't pay much attention to it but again these i didn't i didn't have that much of a a social relationship with the movement that early so a sannyasi and another devotee didn't I didn't see much of a distinction there between older well older they've been a devotee maybe six months or two years (laughs) more than the other devotees so they were like senior devotees so this can happen brahma's verse that's being used as a praman here is to deal with narda's approaching him as god But he still has a doubt, Narda. I can see you're God. You made the universe. You made me. You must be the supreme. But if you're the supreme, why are you performing austerities? He he had some doubt. And of course, he went to his spiritual master to deal with the doubt. Narda said, "I, I see you performing austerities. I think you're God, but is there anybody above you? superior to you, this is Brahma's answer, because of the influence of Maya. People call me Jagat Guru, Guru of the Universe, and these people were less intelligent. These last five Anuchetas that we've just gone over, they mark a change, beginning now through the end of the book, primarily the Bhagavat Sandarbha will deal with Bhagavan and his qualities. These beginning Anuchetas in that mood have revealed the following The Lord has unlimited inherent qualities, and they're eternal, his qualities. And that Maya does not influence him, nor does Maya provide any of his qualities. He has qualities separate from Naya. That all these ways of looking at the Supreme, Brahmati, Paramahati, Bhagavaniti, Subjate, are transcendental to Maya. Time has no influence on these inherent potencies. And even great gods like Varuna and Brahma are also servants of Bhagavan, who is completely free from Maya. So even though we see a great person in the world, great demigod, or a great sadhu, we need to understand that their potency, their powers, are also coming from Bhagavan. So are there any questions? Thank you so much for your association. Thank you. Once you copy to Mr. Jacobson, baby, Mr. Petito, and I'm pardoning you. I should